Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one raunchy page of Talmud a day. Do you like the show? I hope you do. And if you do, you should know we at Tablet Studios have a lot of other rockin' Jewish podcasts for you to enjoy. So stick around after the credits and find out a bit more about all these great shows and how you could support them and us. Today's page to about 48 is a little bit what the kids would call NSFW, not safe for work. So if you have little ears listening, you, you may want to pause right now because the topic today is sex. And here's what the rabbis have to say about the right way to have intercourse. Have a listen. Rav Yosef taught the following baraita. She'era. This is referring to closeness of flesh during intercourse, which teaches us that he should not treat her in the manner of Persians who have conjugal relations in their clothes. The Gemara comments, The Baraita supports the opinion of Rav Huna, as Rav Huna said, with regard to one who says, I do not want to have intercourse with my wife unless I am in my clothes and she is in her clothes. He must divorce his wife and give her the payment for her marriage contract. This is in keeping with the opinion of the Tana of the Baraita that the Torah mandates, get this, the Torah mandates the intimacy of flesh during sexual relations. There is so much to unpack here, which is why I am delighted to welcome back to the show Nicoletta Heidegger, a therapist, writer, and thinker residing in the best city in the world, Los Angeles, California. Nicoletta, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. So I got to tell you, I read this and it struck me at one and the same time as so completely intuitive and yet sort of weird that the rabbis would stop and say, hey, don't be like those ancient Persians who have sex in their clothes. You have to be naked so that you develop real intimacy. It sounds really shockingly, profoundly modern. Make sense of this for us. Well, as a therapist, I always try to encourage people to find the kind of sex and intimacy that feels good for them. So unless you want, you know, rabbis in the room with you literally and metaphorically and, and telling you what to do, which I think is hard if you, that, that is something you run your life by, I do think that intimacy and pleasure is, you know, ideally based on what feels good for that person or that couple. Um, obviously, I'm no Hebrew or Talmud scholar, but I, I do really like the idea of being vulnerable and seeing and touching all of each other, though. I think if folks are wearing clothes because it's more transactional and shame-based, uh, like they really don't want to see each other and be with each other, then they might obviously be missing out on some really amazing connection and, and pleasure experiences. They're also kind of, you know, the rabbis tend to do this, I think, are kind of creating a taboo here. Uh, when we make rules about what should and shouldn't happen during sex and intimacy, there's usually a backfire effect. And I could see, and I do get to hear from a lot of folks in my practice, of folks actually wanting to do more of what's not allowed, like wearing clothes in this instance. So I think if someone says don't do it, that makes it kind of uh, naughty and exciting, you know, so I think that might make people want to do it more. You know, and I also, on another level, I wonder how much of this was, you know, political against the Persians, like, oh, yeah, well, we do it better and differently. I guess even in religion, you know, people are still thinking about and competing for who's having the best sex, which is interesting. Yeah, we're, we're going to show those Persians what's what. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, you know, that's, that happens in all areas, like, who's got it bigger, who's doing it better. I love this one word that you said, though, and I want you to kind of dwell a little bit more on it, because that's the first thing that came to my mind, which is this notion of vulnerability, right? I think 
the rabbis are really focusing on the fact, and they're really kind of telling us without telling us, as the Talmud so often does, listen, we get how weird sex fundamentally is. We get how uncomfortable and mortifying and demanding and challenging. And but scary and vulnerable to have somebody see and be with all of you. How do we, or when you talk to patients, how do we get to that point? How do we get to the point of not just dealing or living with the vulnerability, but actually sort of leaning into it and embracing what makes it so incredibly intimate? Yeah, I mean, I, I do wonder as well, you know, if the translations really are about the flesh, or is it, like you're saying, really about being with and seeing all parts of each other? You know, I like the metaphor of that, as I think it really encourages us to really be with, know, and love all parts of ourselves and each other, and kind of reminds us that the whole body can experience pleasure and connection, and it shouldn't just be genitally focused. Like you said, it is, it is quite progressive, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, and I think in terms of getting there, it's a lot of, like, decreasing shame work, which I think can be tough because depending on, you know, how or what you were taught, I think if you're taught that, like, oh, all of this is shameful until you maybe get to marriage, then it can sort of be hard to turn that shame and thing off after you've sort of experienced all these, like, desires that you thought were maybe bad until you got to a certain spot. So I do think it's a lot of slowing down, undoing the shame, sort of recreating narratives that are more pleasure-focused, but that takes a lot of time and a lot of complexities. But in general, I'm glad to know that we're kind of putting the sex sheet myth to bed, you know? <laughs> and, and even in marriage, I mean, because the amazing thing is this whole discussion comes out of the admission that, well, if you and your wife have the kind of sex that doesn't require you to get naked, literally and metaphorically speaking, you should divorce her. This is not real intimacy. It's not real passion. Mm. Yeah. And like I said, I think I like to help, you know, at least in my, in the, the folks that I see for therapy, I like to really help them figure out what is passion and intimacy for them. And so for me, that takes looking at like, what were you taught? You know, what were the narratives that you experienced? What is intimacy? What feels like intimacy? How do you know when something feels like connection? How do you know when something feels like a yes? How were you taught about connection? You know, there's so many questions and wonderings here that I think this can help people sort of start to develop for themselves of what they want it to look like for themselves. Amen, Selah. Nicoletta Heidegger, thank you so much for being a therapist, for helping people overcome these very difficult and crucial questions, and for being our guest today. Thank you. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, Please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic, and we will see you again soon.